I just want to thank you all for supporting the ministry for so many years. It's exciting to think how many little lives are alive today because of your prayers and support over those years. And so thank you. It's also great to be here uh, with where one of our volunteers attends, Betsy Butterworth. I don't know if you folks know this, but she's one of our volunteers at First Step, and she has been training in the client counseling room and um, just just about ready to go on her own. So it's a lengthy training process, <laughs> and she does excellently. So we're excited how God's going to use Betsy, too. Plus everything else she does, answering the phone. I... Uh, <clears throat> I try not to make it too obvious, but I once in a while I'll kind of hang around when I, one of our volunteers are on the phone and talking, especially with what sounds like to be an abortion-determined woman. And um, I've done that with Betsy, whether she's been aware. <laughs> and she does an excellent job, excellent job talking with these women, encouraging them you know, to come on in and get all their information before they go on. There's so many women that call us, they just want an abortion. And um, we have to really, you know, extend that conversation to make them really think outside that box and think about their other options as well. Can everyone hear me well? Okay, great. All right. Let me move this a little bit. Okay. All right, so, um, yeah, at the end I'm going to share, um, I think, a few client stories, but I'm going to share with you what God has placed on my heart. Just 22 days after fertilization, the heart begins to beat, the human heart. And at four weeks, a regular rhythm Develops. This is when most women are just beginning to think they might possibly be pregnant. At this time as well, the brain is developing to five, into five areas, and the eyes and the ears are forming. Little one is very tiny, but 100% a person. Matter of fact, from the moment of conception... We have a unique DNA that will never be seen again. Only one shot at it. <laughs> that one time. A unique person. And not part of, they are not part of their mother. We're not, we were not part of our mother. We were growing inside of her. And they're growing inside their mothers. A unique, distinct person that God has created all on their own, all of their own. Matter of fact, um, as Colossians 1.16 tells us, that a person is created by God and for his purpose. And in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, we read that all human life is created in God's image. Now the enemy, Satan, hates God, and he's seeking to destroy human life because it's created in God's image. And what better way to destroy human life but before anyone can even see it? The abortion industry tells pregnant women that to have, just to have an abortion. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, you don't want to be, have an abortion. It's no big deal. Just get rid of it. 
Matter of fact, they had ads a couple years ago. I don't know if any of you saw them. They were running online. It was probably, time goes by, so it may have been three or four years ago. They were likening an unplanned pregnancy to a rotten tooth in your mouth and saying you wouldn't walk around with a rotten tooth in your mouth. You'd go and have it pulled out, right? And that's what they were comparing the human, a human life to, have it taken out. Now their campaigns are more along the lines to restart your cycle. So they're not even talking about pregnancy or any of that. Just come on in, restart your cycle, taking life out of the equation altogether, trying to hide it. And they tell women that, you know, who are, that realize that this is a baby, and science cannot deny it, uh, that your plans for your life are more important than the very life of your child. And women in unplanned pregnancies are scared. And many of them believe those lies because they feel trapped. The world tells them, if you have this problem, this is the solution. Women want to believe it because they want to be out of that situation they didn't plan on. But the truth is, every child is a gift from God. So I'm going to ask you all to do something with me right now. If we could all turn to Psalm 127, please. And verse 3, and I'm going to ask if you'd all please stand with me and we'd read this together. Okay, Psalm 127.3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Let's read that again one more time, please. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Thank you. You can have a seat. So the word of God tells us that children are a gift and a reward. A reward. Think of a reward. You get excited about a reward. A reward is something good. A reward from God. Not a burden, not an inconvenience, and not a punishment for something that they did wrong. And it doesn't say that children are a reward if a woman has her life altogether. It doesn't say children are a reward to a married couple that are strong in the faith and in the word and serving the Lord together. Not only then, it is a reward then. <laughs> and it doesn't say that it's a reward, you know, only, um, only, only for a planned child. Children are a reward from God. And I've spoke with a lot of women over the years who have had a, a lot of women over the years who have had abortions, and I honestly believe that most women do not want to have an abortion. In case studies that are done repeatedly, there's been several of them done in recent years, and consistently 
Over 75% of post-abortive, I mean women who've had abortions responding, said that they regret their abortions. And uh, matter of fact, I was at a church a couple weeks ago, and um, a church about, about this size, and um, two women came up to me afterwards who were post-abortive, and one who's healed quite well, and she's, she's doing, she's, she knows the Lord is forgiving her, and she's been able to go forward. One still, almost 25 years later, totally broken over it. The hurt and the pain is, is still so real to her. Matter of fact, we do an abortion recovery group at First Step, and most of the women who come are 20, 30, or 40 years post-abortive. I I have heard women tell me that they hear a baby crying in the night, and they think of that child Every day of their life. I'm trying not to get too emotional. The, the woman, one of the women I, I've spoken, like I said, to a lot of women who've had abortion over the years. And the woman I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, her, she just was so broken. And I held her and she wept and we prayed together. And I tried to encourage her that, you know, as a child of the Lord, that is under the blood. When God looks down at her, he doesn't see that sin. Satan wants to keep throwing it in her face. But that is forgiven. It's gone. And uh, But it's so hard. It makes me a little angry at the abortion industry for what they're doing to women in our nation and across the world. Because studies show that as the distance in time from an abortion grows, so does the regret and hurt of the abortion. Yet the abortion industry continues to tell, to tell us, have an abortion. It is no big deal. Well, with modern science, we can no longer deny that it's indeed a little person growing inside. The science is clear. No intelligent person can say that that is not a person, a human being growing inside the mother. And that an abortion ends the life of that child. And with the research that has been growing and being done more and more all the time, we, they can also no longer deny, although they do try to, the emotional damage abortion does to women, for most of them the rest of their lives. As I said before, I honestly believe most women do not want to have an abortion And ending the life of their unborn child is the furthest thing from their mind. They're they're trapped, and they're scared, and they're just, they're looking for some encouragement, some direction, some help. And a matter of fact, I just want to say that I believe that very strongly, and our stats at first step hold up to it. In 2022, it was an incredible year. God really blessed. And we had, in 2022, 87 women in unplanned pregnancies chose life at first step. And that's what's really exciting, too, is that's 89 babies because two of those mamas were pregnant with twins. (laughs) 
And just so you know, over 50 of those women thought abortion was their best choice when they came to us. They were strongly determined. The others really didn't know what to do. They just, I'm pregnant, what do I do? That kind of thing. And we know that if they had gone up the street to the abortion clinic, um, the, the largest abortion provider, the, the self-proclaimed largest abortion provider, and I believe him, in northern and central Maine is about a half a mile up the road from First Step. And we know that if these women had gone up there, the majority, if not all of them, probably would have had abortions because they don't give you all the fat, you know, slow you down at all. If that's what you want to do, they move you right on through, and no one's going to argue with you. It's your right. Sure, we'll take your money. But the fact is, when women learn the truth of all their options, they overwhelmingly choose life for their unborn children. And they choose life joyfully. And the abortion industry uh, says, that part of one of their campaigns is that uh, pregnancy centers are strapping women with this burden for the rest of their life they don't want, forcing them to have a child they don't want. But nothing can be further from the truth. When they choose life, I mean, they're excited about these babies. And I guess I'll share you a couple of stories in a minute. But, I mean, they are excited, and they should be, because their baby is just as precious as every other baby out there. Their babies are just as precious as mine were, <laughs> and my grandchildren are, and just as precious of all of, as all of your babies and grandchildren. Those children are worthy to be celebrated. They're a gift, and they do, they do rejoice over them. I'll share one story right now because it kind of goes along well with what I'm sharing. Um, yes, that's what I'll do. Um, so we had a couple in, it's been a little bit ago. I don't get in the, in the um, counseling education room, the options education room, as often as I used to about before I was, direct, I was director. We have... Other staff does that. We have a number of volunteers that are trained to do that, and they do an awesome job. So this is one of those times when I was able to be in there, so I can give you a little more details without letting you know, of course, any defining details, because we protect our clients. We don't have to be HIPAA compliant because we don't charge for any of our services, but we choose to be HIPAA compliant and protect our clients with the highest standard of confidentiality, the highest standard of care. Well, this couple came to us, and they found us like most people do. Um, they were searching where to, uh, I say they because it was a couple, but the young woman was searching online to, where to have an abortion in Bangor. And so uh, we spend an awful lot of money for our Google ads. So when something like that is put in Google, someone's on their phone, they're searching abortion, Bangor, where can I have an abortion? We pay a lot of money for those, when those words are put in, for our ads to pop up. And our ads say something like unplanned pregnancy, call us to learn all your options, you know, things like that. Or unplanned, you're pregnant, don't know what to do, you know, we're here for you, that kind of thing. We spend a lot, about $2,500 a month on those ads. And um, so they went through those ads and they called us. And um, and I didn't speak to them on the phone. I, I, can't, I don't remember who it was, but somebody. And they, they um, did an excellent job because they came on in for their appointment. <laughs> and they came on in and I sat down in the counseling room and, and um, it was a young, a young woman and her boyfriend. And, um, and they, she strongly felt abortion was what she had to do. He didn't say a whole lot other than that's what he, he was going to support her in that. He was there for her. He felt 
it was pretty obvious, like most men, he felt he really didn't have a say in the, in the matter, but he was going to support her either way. Um, but the, So the conversation went on. I listened to her share her story, share with her all her options, and she agreed to go back and have an ultrasound done. And um, still, uh, I would just, you know, she would just was so, still so in her heart, just so determined to have an abortion. And um, so we went back to the ultrasound room. I took her back there. The, the, her young man did not want to go back to see the ultrasound. The last words I had talked with him in, in that room was he was just saying he still felt, you know, that, if she, that probably abortion was her best, the best decision to make. That's what he felt. And so they went back to have the ultrasound. And after she came out of the ultrasound, I pulled into her, into another room and, and, um, Betsy, like I said, she volunteers at the center, so she's very familiar. We went back, we went into the conference room. It's kind of crowded in there. <laughs> so I went in there and moved a chair and shut the door. <laughs> I wanted to talk to her alone and make sure she wasn't being pressured by her boyfriend to do something she didn't want to do. And, um, but as we sat down, she had the pictures from her ultrasound. And she was looking at them, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I really need to have an abortion. And I said, can I pray for you? Because we seek to share the Lord with each and every client, to share the gospel. Sometimes they shut down the conversation, but most people are just so open to it and, like, hungry for it. And I asked her if I could pray with her. And she said, yes, I would, I would like that. And so I prayed with her. And while I was praying, and it was just, Lord... Give her the strength, and I said her name. You know, let her know how much you love her. Let her know that this child is not a punishment. It's is a gift, God. I pray she could feel it and give her just your strength. Lord, I know this is so hard. And as I prayed, she started, um, she started to cry a little bit. She was weeping. And when I got done, um, she, she thanked me for praying for her. And, and, um, and then, then she started talking about not about her baby. <laughs> and she wasn't going to have an abortion anymore. God had totally changed her heart during that prayer. Um, that right then, the, and, and from that moment, I'll tell you, I wish you all could be there. It, it, seriously, when they choose life like that, it is radical. I mean, she was happy. She had had tears. She was, had tears prior when we were talking of sorrow. Her face was drawn and sad. Now she was happy. She was having a baby. And so we opened up, I opened up the door, let her out, and she went up the hallway back into the counseling room to be with her boyfriend. And I hung back. I didn't go in the room. I hung back about 10 feet from her. But she had these pictures, of, you know, from the ultrasound, and she was all excited. And she went in, and, and the next thing I heard uh, was, like, him laughing. And they both came out through that door because, like I said, I was waiting in the hall for them. And he goes, we're having a baby. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, when God changes a heart, it's not strapping them on with the burden. They weren't walking up going, oh, well, I'm having a baby. <laughs> no, they were so excited and happy, just overjoyed. And God, many, many times, he changes it during prayer. It's really exciting how he changes their hearts during prayer. But studies have been done, too, with post-abortive women, um, CareNet did one recently, uh, last year, one of the national organizations that we're affiliated with. And um, they, in theirs, in their study, uh, 
many of the women who responded, again, it was over, it was like 77% of the women who had had abortions said they wish they hadn't had one. But, um, they, they actually, that one was a little different because they had, they were able to put down, write things in. And they said it was over 70%, I think it was, or 75% of the women wrote down that if someone had just in, told them they didn't have to have an abortion and encouraged them in their pregnancy, they honestly believed they would not have had an abortion. And they wrote down quotes like if someone had just said, congratulations, or someone had just said, I'll be here for you. They honestly believed they would not have had an abortion and had that whole that lifetime of regret, but no one was around speaking positive words to them of encouragement. And so, you know, our words are powerful. That encouragement makes a big difference. And we had a um, another woman I met with. Um, this was. Um, last year and uh, who came in and we were sitting there talking and she just kept saying repeatedly I, I have to have an abortion and I you know listen to her share, share a story and we have training how to draw people out and listen interpretively and you know and that respond reflectively and all these things you know and so and I don't I don't know if I'd ever said this to a client before but I really felt the Lord just telling me say to her she does not have to have an abortion and so I said you know, you don't have to have an abortion. She goes, I don't have to have an abortion? This is what we've been talking for like 15, 20 minutes. You know, and she goes, so I mean, she has all her facts there, so she should know, right? But she goes, I don't, I don't have to have an abortion? And I said, no, you don't have to have an abortion. She goes, I don't have to have an abortion. <laughs> Light came on. <laughs> and she didn't. <laughs> so God is good. And um, so far in 2023, uh, we've had, I believe the number now is 21 women in unplanned pregnancies that have chosen life at first step so far. That was the first four months. And, and what's so awesome is that um, our ads were not working properly with our website. If any of you get my emails, you'd know this. <laughs> I was like very, very frantic. I joke my name is Penny and I was like Henny Penny running around. The sky is falling but it's like I was running around like our ads aren't working. And if Betsy remembers I was losing my mind there for a while. Because <laughs> uh, it was, we had I think one pregnancy test between um, the end of December and the middle of February. So all these decisions have been made since mid-February. Seven of those women were abortion-determined, and they chose life instead. So God God is just, he's doing exciting things. We had a young woman choose, choose abundant life at our STD clinic this past week. And so she came in and, and you know, for um, a medical test and uh, probably had no idea her life was going to change so radically as it has. <laughs> Uh, she was very close to it the week before. Um, staff had, had met with her, said, oh, did they had really great conversations with her. And we'd been praying for her. And then this past um, Wednesday when she came back, she did choose, she choose to, chose to follow Christ as Savior. And uh, she just was ready. Like when she was asked the question, she's like, yeah, I'm like ready. <laughs> and uh, so just so exciting what God is doing. And so I just wanted to thank each one of you and your prayers and your support. I mean, you have a you have a part in that. We're able to be there as the hands and the feet in the center, but we couldn't do it without all of you. And we don't want to. It is the Lord's ministry. 
And we open every day in God's word and in prayer. And, um, and we, we pull aside when we pray. It's, it's not unusual to, for us to break out and have little spontaneous prayer meetings for clients and things throughout the day. We each one pray, you know, on our own. Uh, we, we, we want God in there and of it. It's his ministry and we can see how radically he, he is doing that work. And, um, we're just so thankful. You know, the Lord has um, enabled us to grow over the years. And so we, and besides the free pregnancy testing and limited ultrasounds so they can see their little one and know exactly what's happening inside their body. So when they, you know, the, the abortion industry doesn't do that. If they do an, if they do an ultrasound, it's just they don't let the, the uh, patient see it. Whereas we, we believe women are intelligent and women are strong and women should not be kept in the dark and they need to know what they're going to do. They need to know, be fully informed. And so we, they get to see their little ones. So we, we do that as part of the ministry. We also are not just there at that moment. You know, we're there for the long haul. So we do parenting classes and labor and delivery classes and um, Bible studies yeah, whatever, however we can meet their needs. We also do emergency needs. So if someone in the community needs diapers and wipes, but they cannot come to a parenting class or they just won't come in, we give them, we, we give them, they can come in once a month and get diapers and wipes for their child. And we always put in like, you know, gospel track and then maybe some books that might bless them, some Christian books that might help them. Maybe they'll read it. <laughs> and uh, we try to encourage them and just be a little light in their life. Um, but we also we were able to start. Um, I think it's been it'll be either three or four years ago this summer that we were able to begin doing S- our SCD clinic on Wednesdays, free SCD testing and treatment. We have both men and women who come in for that. And um, as in every other part of our ministry, our number one goal is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, even with our um, abortion, our, our um, pregnancy options portion, we believe in that one. If we can reach the mother, now if we can save the mother, like if the Lord saves her, then we'd save the child. And the same thing in the STD clinic, that sharing the Lord is the most important thing. People are making a lot of bad decisions out there. And they're not hearing in the world God's plan for intimacy. And we tell them about that, how it's God's plan in marriage between a husband and a wife. And they're just not hearing it anywhere else. And they're so open. And we have clients who come into the STD clinic who um, most of them, I think, are, well, a lot of them, a lot of them are college age. But we also have an awful lot who come in in their 40s. And um, right up through their early 60s, I think 62, 63 has been our oldest so far in the STD clinic. And um, people just continuing to make really bad choices in life and living because the world says do whatever you want. And this, and uh, but there are consequences. There are very deadly consequences. Syphilis and gonorrhea, which were pretty much gone since the early 1970s are back at epidemic levels in our country. And just prior to COVID coming and all that in our country, the, the, um, the, CD, the CDD and the CDC, but mostly the CDD, I think it was their campaign, rolled out a big campaign about it and warning people. And that was shut down because all the COVID stuff came up. Um, but um, 
And, um, you know, syphilis has no symptoms until a person many times starts to go literally insane and years down the road. And so we, um, we are thankful to provide this service and share with them the gospel. It's also a great preventative for abortions because, um, you know, similar actions, lead, you know, certain actions lead to similar results. So for telling men and women, you know, about God's plan, they're coming to know Christ, then it changes their life on out. We don't find them in unplanned pregnancies. And, uh, and we're just, we're, anyway, just so thankful to be there. And God is, um, we also, I'm going to just share, I'm getting off track a little bit. We do also have um, a um, miscarriage recovery group. That's something that the Lord um, laid on our hearts a couple of years ago to start doing that as well, as well as the abortion recovery group that meets, that meets twice a year. But if someone is, has had an abortion, they need someone to talk to, someone to pray with, they can come on in anytime. We'll sit down and pray with them and, you know, share with them in the word of God how they can know Christ if they don't and be totally forgiven, or if they already do know him, they can be assured that that sin is under the blood and they are forgiven. But um, one thing that the Lord has um, been placing on our hearts, to my heart, it was really cool. God had been putting on my heart this thing um, for about a year and a half, and um, our board president um, oh, probably about six months ago, called me one day, wanted to sit down and have a talk about something. The Lord had been putting something on her heart. <laughs> and so I made a plan for her to come on in. And um, her name is Peggy Sonison. And um, so we came on in, and we both had our little list of things to talk about. And God had put the same exact thing on her heart that he put on my heart. And that was to start to offer the abortion pill reversal regimen to women. So when a woman, the abortion pill... Um, is it's kind of a misnomer because it's actually two pills. So she takes the first pill, and among other things, it stops her body from producing progesterone, causing the, the nutrients to no longer go to the infant growing inside her, causing the baby to die. And then within 24 to 72 hours, she takes a second pill, which causes her to cramp up and expel the baby, like it would happen in, like in a miscarriage. And so if women can get progesterone in them soon enough, high doses, um, soon enough after taking that first pill, there's been a, a lot of success. Now the rates are getting up to a 60% success rate of them being able to carry to term. The baby has no birth defects because the, the pill actually attacked the mother's system, not the baby's. So the babies are born without no more, no more higher rate of birth defect than any other you know, births. And, um, uh, they have to take progesterone the rest of their pregnancy because their body believes they're not pregnant. So they have to continue on with that regimen. It involves a lot of ultrasounds and things. But, but we've had women in our area um, reaching out and wanting this service. And so pray for us as we seek. It means we're going to have to expand in our building more rooms. That means our rent is going to go up um, what it looks like possibly the short term, it's going to go up about half again as much, and then in a year it's going to double. And our landlord's awesome, and he's working with us, but renting business space is very, very expensive. <laughs> and um, also we're going to have to have a uh, nurse on staff for 21 hours at least a week 
to provide this service. So pray for us. It's all worth it. You know, it's, 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 it is a lot of money that we need coming in, but it's the cost of a life. And, um, and the abortion industry is actively seeking to stop this, uh, the, that the fact that, that uh, pregnancy centers are doing this. And, um, and just pray, because the only way we know these women, have, we, they have to find us. So it's like we don't know who's taking the abortion pill. So we have no, it's them. It's a woman taking that first pill. Her heart breaks. She has a lot of regret. She wants to stop it if she can. And then they reach out to us. You know, we'd be able to help them. And so, uh, but the abortion industry has been working on finding a one-pill shot, um, uh, and they have actually been testing it on live women. We've actually had what we believe in our in our area, a woman that was given it, and um, it's 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 real. It, the, the the new pill, which has not been approved, I guess they're pulling it from what I understand. Thankfully, what it does is attacks the baby, and causes um, severe deformities severe deformities to the baby and so and what they're finding is it actually doesn't end the pregnancy it continues on i won't as we have a mixed group i won't share just um you know some of the severe severe deformities that happen to these little ones they're born not able to live and don't even look like a human being they're that severely and radically deformed by this pill but that's how strongly the abortion industry does not want pregnancy centers to go forward with this so pray for us too because it will put us again as another target (laughs) as we have been and um but it's all worth it to save life because we know life is created by god and his image and each and every little life is important. And um, just thank you so much. I want to encourage you to stop by the table at the back. Um, these little cards right here, these are our info cards. So I say this is who we are on the front what we do on the back. And first step envisions a culture where women and men are transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and empowered to choose life for their unborn children and abundant life for their families. And that lists out all of our services on the back. I also have some free wristbands back there, precious feet pins. This is the actual size of a 10-week-old baby and feet and the, how they look in the womb. And this is when most, right around this time or just before, the week or so before, right around there is when most abortions happen. And you can see that's no, no denying that those are a little person's feet. I also have some of our pens back there. Please help yourself. And um, just, again, just thank you for being a part of what we do at First Step. We really appreciate it.